Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. Did you know that the very first question asked by God in the Bible had to do with his relationship with man? It was a call, actually. You see, as soon as man turned his back on God and willfully sinned against him, it was God who started the search. The question was, where are you? And you know he still asks that question today, to each and every one of us. Another interesting Bible question was, asked by a young man who was about to die, and he said, Where is the lamb? He may as well have said, Is there any hope for me? And what a wonderful answer he received. The last question we will consider today is a very personal one. Will you go with this man? In other words, will you go with the Lord Jesus? Will you take him as your own and personal Savior? In today's broadcast, evangelist Mr. Brian Funston takes a look at each of these three Bible questions and their answers. We hope that you will listen carefully to this message because you know your answer to each one of these questions can well determine where you will spend eternity. Let's read together now in our Bibles in the Old Testament book of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible. And we're going to look at three questions in these three readings. The first one we'll find here in the third chapter of Genesis, and we'll read together from verse number 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. I'm going to title this A Question of Location. And the purpose behind the preaching of the gospel is ultimately that men and women in this auditorium themselves may get located. And so here is a question from God to our first parents. And he said, Where art thou? I'm going to read secondly in chapter 22 and reading together from verse number 7. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. The second question that's on my heart today is the very first time in the Bible that the word lamb is ever used. It is used by Isaac, a boy, a son with his dad. On the answer to this question, the first question, where art thou? If correctly answered, could spell the difference between heaven and hell. But the answer to the second question will bring you in contact with the only one that can save you. Isaac said to his dad, behold a fire in the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And this tonight is a question of salvation. 
Because the answer to Isaac's question so long ago can bring to your heart, friend, in this meeting, the greatest blessing ever possible to experience. The blessing of God's forgiveness based on the work of the Lamb. Where is the Lamb? Dad said to his boy, God will provide himself a Lamb for a burnt offering. And we're thankful to say tonight in this meeting that there is hope for every sinner inside the auditorium because the answer to Isaac's question brings us the reality of God's Lamb. God will provide himself a lamb. And that can be your present and personal experience to come to know the lamb of which Isaac spoke so long ago. The last of all, we'll read in chapter 24 and verse number 57. And they said, we will call the damsel and choir at her mouth. And they called Rebekah and said unto her, wilt thou go with this man? And she said, I will go. A question of location, a question of salvation, and ultimately a question of decision. Here's a woman, a free will agent. She has the ability here in this critical moment of her experience to say yes or no to the man. And as a result of being faced with a choice for eternity, they said yes to the man. A picture of the Spirit of God that longs to lead a sinner in their sins on the broad road to life and liberty that is found when one comes in living contact with the Lord Jesus. And our question is, wilt thou go with this man? Will you finally cease your running and yield to the constraint of the divine Spirit of God that longs to bring you from your bondage of sin? and the shackles that have bound you for all these years to true life that is found in the resurrected Christ of God that suffer for sins not his own upon the cross and through whom we have redemption, through his blood. The Bible says, even the forgiveness of sins, it is possible tonight to make a choice for Christ and for heaven. When you took sides with God against yourself and said, yes, I will accept him by faith as my personal Savior, I'll be saved and be sure of heaven. But you see, it all begins with a question that God asked of our first parents in Eden's garden so long ago. It's the very first question that God ever asked. Where art thou? It is a call from God to man. God is not passive, but God is active. And God has sought you far longer than you ever thought about God. He sought you perhaps in childhood, in Sunday school, at your mother's knee sitting in gospel meetings of this nature perhaps over the years, maybe in some religious system, but maybe in your heart there has been an interest in knowing reality in my soul. But I want to say, friend, God has been far more interested in your salvation than you ever have been. And so he seeks out our first parents. And they are just fresh from sinning against God and breaking God's law. For sin is disobedience. It is an affront to God's character. It is coming short of his standard of perfection. And so the Bible is right by saying, all have sinned and come short of God's glory. And the sooner it dawns upon your heart, I'm a sinner, every inch of me. The sooner you understand why, that is why Christ died upon the cross for sinners. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. 
And so we see the result as our first parents having broken God's simple law. God said of every tree of the garden, Thou mayest really eat thereof, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat thereof. For the day of the thereof thou shalt surely die. On a moment they violated God's law. Spiritually dead was her status. Physical death process commenced at that moment. And here they are. Conscience was awakened at this instance. Their nakedness became a concern to them. And they covered themselves with these coverings of fig leaves. You see, sin makes man a worker, trying thus to do his or her best, vowing to give up your habits, turn over a new leaf, quit swearing, quit hanging around the clubs, and on it goes. But friend, your own self-efforts will not satisfy God against whom you have sinned. And sin made our first parents fugitives as they're hiding from the eye of God. And the Bible says, Thou God seest me. God sees you. In this meeting, young friend or older one, He knows your past, your sins, that which would be embarrassment if it was put up here on a screen. Things in your life that they're landmarks of sin in your conduct that you would say, there's a place I realize I sinned there. Another place I know I have sinned against God's law there. Your highest needs is to find out where am I? Am I on a broad road going down to destruction? Am I trying to hide from God day by day? Where art thou? And here was Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, hiding from God. And God showed an interest in them. Interesting enough, the very first question in the New Testament is the question from man to God. Where is he that is born King of the Jews? You see, one's a question of location. And the other is a question of adoration. For you see, a seeking sinner can become in contact with a seeking Savior. And our desire is you may seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. He won't always be found. He won't always be near. If you can see before God's eye and through his unchanging, inerrant words, you're a sinner by nature and a sinner by practice. The more you can show to God you're an ungodly sinner, every inch of you, the more the gospel preacher can tell that heart, that's exactly who Christ died for upon the cross. But I tell you, there was a moment in my experience when I realized I was a sinner, all the raised in a Christian home, but it got so dark and seemed so hopeless. I realized I was a sinner. I deserved the wrath of God. And the moment I seemed to sense a hopelessness, and I was not anywhere near understanding or coming to Christ. I thought, I'm lost. There's no hope for me. And the more it got darker, the more hopeless I sensed I was. It was then that Christ revealed to my heart, well, that's the kind of person that Christ died for upon the cross. And from that can be your experience. Look to Christ. Our question out of uh, Isaac's words there in chapter 22 is the question regarding the great plan of salvation. Here is a young man who was doomed to die. And yet a ram was found to take his place. And there in that moment, so that ram, perhaps unwillingly, took the place of Isaac upon that altar upon Mount Moriah. It's a picture of substitution that God has shown us in his words. And there we see Isaac was let go. And the ram took his place in death upon that altar. And his question that he asked so long ago, where is the lamb? is answered for us in 
John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 29. I love the text. John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the worlds. And friend, the question of salvation, where is the Lamb is centered in the Lord Jesus? And if you are lost in this meeting tonight and want salvation, look to the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the worlds. For in John's solitary statements regarding the Lord Jesus, he covers a tremendous need and the answer to it in that single verse. He speaks of the ruin of man, sin of the world. He speaks of the remedy, the Lamb of God. And he suggests the responsibility for every soul to be saved. Behold, take a look. You can look away from your family and from friends, from the preachers, and look to Christ upon the cross. Interesting enough that as Isaac spoke of the Lamb first in our Bibles, the first reference of the Old Testament, that John's answer to the question in John chapter 1 is the first time it is mentioned in the New Testament. For you see, he is the one that is the theme of the Scriptures. He is prophesied in Genesis chapter 22. God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. And friend, the good news of the gospel against a black background of sin is that a Savior has been found. He has come from heaven. He is God's answer to man's deepest need. You see, if God speaks, and he does in our lives, and I believe there's those with us this evening, and there's been occasions in your experience when you have heard God's voice. For you see, God sometimes, as the old Labradorian said, where sometimes God has to shake my foundation and move my furniture. And I suggest death perhaps is the most solemn voice that God uses in the lives of individuals to make us aware that we're mortal. We're here for a moment and then we're gone forever. And I expect to be in Labrador later on. But you know, one of the veteran brethren there, he's now gone home to heaven. Uncle Pierce Lindstead was a man that came just out of curiosity to hear this little preacher who came to the village and listened to the gospel. And he seemed to feel that this was right and he understood he needed to be saved. But he said, I, I steeled myself against the preaching. He said, I remember the day my oldest daughter was taken out on a stretcher way down to Fort Labrador. And he said, that shook me. And he said, I kept one of the meetings. But he said, I wouldn't give in. The next daughter, the second girl in the family was taken away with whatever sickness it was. On a stretcher, into the ambulance, on down to the nursing station. And he said, it suddenly dawned on me that God was speaking to me. Now, friend, God has spoken to you once. Maybe spoken twice. Elihu says, but man perceives it not. So are you not listening? For God has got a message he wants to communicate to you. You're here for a moment, and then you're gone forever. And the question is gone where? Are you saved tonight? Do you know sin's forgiven? But you see, it is Christ that suffered upon the cross. Peter tells it like this. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. And so Christ's death was for God. Once suffered for sins, Onto the mighty hand of the God that we had sinned against, the Savior stepped into our realm, a perfect man taking our place there upon the cross to satisfy God that you and I had sinned against, and someday we're going to meet, ready or not. But you see, Peter tells us it was substitutional, the just for the unjust. 
The ram took Isaac's place upon the altar. And Christ has taken the place of sinners upon the cross. You can't be saved. Because Christ has suffered for our sins. He has suffered the just for the unjust. And the moment you take that place of being the sinner and allow him to take the place of being your Savior, you can rejoice in the reality of God's forgiveness and God's salvation. He suffered that he might bring us to God. You can know God tonight in this meeting. You can have the assurance that all is well for eternity because of the Savior. And because of the question Isaac asked so long ago, where is the Lamb? The Lamb, friend, has suffered upon the cross and shed his precious blood to cleanse us from all sin. He has been buried and risen again. And we present this glorious message that Christ lives. He died upon the cross beneath the judgment waters that our soul deserved to experience under God's mighty hand. But the Savior took the place. He was the one that was a substitute. And can now look to Christ tonight and say, God, thank you for sending Jesus to take my place upon the cross so I might not go to hell. Friends, you're a fool tonight to go on in your sins and turn your back on the God that loves you and the Christ that died for sinners. In every meeting, we seek by God's help to make you understand there is the choice. You may know that you're a sinner. You may have reasons to say that and say, I know I'm a sinner. Look at my lifestyle. Look at my life. And you may understand that Christ died and was buried and rose again the third day. You may know that from Sunday school days. You may know that from what you've heard for others tell you. But if I want to say, salvation, in fact, is a choice. Wilt thou go with this man? You see, in the story of the unnamed servant of Abraham, seeking to find a bride for his son Isaac, there she was to go to this man she never met. But the man that was there is a picture of the Spirit of God. And so the question was asked, Wilt thou go with this man that will lead you to the, to the other man? Well, you see, friend, in the gospel, it is God's divine Spirit that works upon the sinner. It is God that speaks. It is Christ that suffered. It is God's Spirit that strives with men. And if you've got any thought in your soul tonight about your future and your sins and your need of salvation, I ask you, will you go? Will you allow the Spirit of God to direct you to Christ? To bring you in contact with the only man that loves you in reality, a love that you can't fathom. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And friend, the love of Christ is fully and finally displayed at the cross when one gives their life in order to save another. That, in fact, is human love. There's a mother the other day out there. Most got out of the burning house. Two children inside. They say the fireman had to keep that mother back from going inside that blazing inferno. Or she would have lost her own life. That's a mother's love. But friend, God loves you in spite of your sin. And Christ came on a mission from the glories of heaven to earth. And where you sinned is where Christ has come. Earth, Christ Jesus, came into the world to save sinners. And where Christ has died and shed his precious blood is where you must bow the knee. There's no salvation after this life. It is here where Christ died and rose again that you must repent of your sins and turn to Christ. I ask you a question of decision. Wilt thou go 
with this man. Salvation's a person. Salvation's a choice. And every soul that will ever be in heaven is one that has come in simple trusting faith to the Savior. Him that cometh to me, he could say, I will in no wise cast out. You come with your fears and your doubts and your uncertainties. Come with your sins. Come as you are. And you will find one that is ready and willing and able to save. As we talked to a young lady, young married lady this summer. Friends have brought her to the tent. We could sense just in the conversation, the moments we had outside the tent that there was an interest. They said, why don't you join us? Bring your wife. And we met together over coffee and found a, a troubled sinner. They told us that the restaurant was closing. Well, I said, we'll go outside. It's a nice summer's night. We'll go outside and we'll talk in the parking lot. And what a joyful experience seeking for something that she had never found so far in her life. Reading John 3 and 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believes not the Son, the Bible says, shall not see life, that God's wrath abideth on him. We just said to her, you know, there is a division here. Two parts of that one text. She could see it. He that believeth hath everlasting life. What's the other part? Those who believe not shall not see life. I said to her, now, what part of the verse are you in? She said, I, I'm in the first part. I said, what does it say you have? She said, everlasting life. I said, how'd you get that? She said, I believed from my heart. And God says, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Listen, friend, that can be your experience at the close of this meeting. You've heard, and now we pray and trust at the close of our meeting that there may be a, a young person here who will make that choice. Where art thou? Hiding from God? Trying to do your best to get to heaven? Where is the Lamb? Why, the Lamb has come and accomplished redemption at the cross. Wilt thou go with this man? What did Rebecca say? Didn't take long to make up her mind. And friend, if you allow God's Spirit to take you to Christ, to introduce you to the Savior of sinners, you too can experience God's salvation. I will go. So what will your answer be? Are you willing to locate yourself, to admit that you are also hiding from the presence of God? Have you ever understood that the Lamb has already been provided? The Lord Jesus Christ has come into the world to die for sin. Where is the Lamb? Well, look to the cross of Calvary and see Him there for yourself. But my friend, the final question remains, what will you do? with this man. Will you receive him as your own and personal Savior? Yes or no? The question is up to you to answer. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday night, as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. 
There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. Also, feel free to take a look at other literature and audio offers at anchorpointradio.com, where you can also subscribe to our Anchor Point podcast. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior, and in times like these, you need an anchor.